Praise the Lord. Welcome in to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson, and let's open up with a word of prayer. Uh, continue to remember our nation. Uh, continue to remember uh, all the people that are affected by this COVID-19 um, and be with each and every one that is uh, now then that is out there giving these uh, shots uh, for COVID-19 that uh, try to get a handle on this thing. And let's pray for our brothers and sisters. Uh, pray for our neighbors. Just uh, You know, it doesn't matter whether they're saved or not, but I'm... Um, well, you know what I mean anyway. Just pray for everybody uh, because we all need prayer. I need prayer. I, I, can, I can use all the prayer I can get. And uh, But uh, uh, let's just pray. Our kind, kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another day. I thank you for your blessings, Lord, that you have bestowed upon us. I thank you for being with us. Keeping us safe, dear God, and Lord, just just helping us to make it through the day. And Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just move in a great and a mighty way in this podcast, dear God. Lord, that you would just, Lord, you would let it go out and accomplish that which you would have it to accomplish, dear God. To help someone in some way, dear God, and plant a seed somewhere in someone's life, dear God. And, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just be with each and every one, dear God, that is affected by this COVID-19. God, whether they're giving the the shots or whether they're in the nursing homes or assisted living or they're in the hospitals and doctor's offices and, and things like that, Lord, just be with each and every one, dear God, that is affected by this and those that are sick, dear God, and those that are loved ones are the ones that are sick. Lord, just be with them and touch them, dear God, and just protect them, keep them safe. Keep our first responders safe, dear God. And, Lord, just be with our nation. God, just move in a great and a mighty way in our nation. Lord, just just touch our nation, touch our nation's leaders, dear God. Lord, just just show them the way that they need to go, dear God, and, and what they need to say and how they need to act, dear God. Lord, I praise you and I glorify you. And I ask, God, that you would just touch my mind, touch my lips, dear God, that you would just take over it and you would speak through me the words, dear God, that you would have to go out this day, Lord. For God, I love you and I thank you and praise you for everything. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 26. We're, going to, we're just going to start with the chapter. I, I spoke a little bit on this the last time. It's about tithes and uh, first fruits and tithes. And uh, I found out something uh, studying this morning that I, I did not know. But uh, after the children of Israel gets over into the promised land, there are going to be three different tithes that they have to uh, partake of or partake in that they have to give to. Um, the first one is the normal tithes, uh, 10% of everything, uh, all your first fruits and, and uh, um, everything like that. And then the, the other one is, uh, well, let me see, uh, 
uh, okay, the Levitical or the sacred tithe. This one is found in Numbers 18, 21, and 24. Um, and then there's a tithe of feast, and this one is found in Deuteronomy 14, 22 through 27. And then the tithe for the poor, and this one is in Deuteronomy 14, uh, 28 and 29. So we're going back up to Numbers chapter 18, and this is a, one of the first fruits. Numbers, I haven't gotten any of these marks, so it might take me a, a second or two to find them. Numbers 18, 21. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance, for their service which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. But in the 24th it says, But the tithes of the children of Israel which they offer as a heave offering uh, unto the Lord I have given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore I have said unto them, Among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> now this this tithe is of the first fruits, and this is the ones where they go in and uh, all their first uh, firstlings of their flock, the firstlings of their all their crops, their grapes, their uh, their wine, their uh, all the olives and all this, all this had 10% of that is taken in and gave, given to the tabernacle for to uh, give to the Levites and the priests so that they may have substance and they they will have thing, uh, things to eat. And part of the offerings that were made, different ones of the offerings were also give, given to the Levites and the priests for, for them to eat also. And that's that's the tithe. Now tithe is uh, the meaning of tithe is one tenth of annual produce or earnings, formerly taken as a tax for the support of the church and clergy. Uh, it's a tenth of an individual's income pledged to the church. Now, like I said before, this this tithe. It shouldn't be something uh, of an obligation. It shouldn't be something that you think that you absolutely have to pay, like some of your bills. You know, uh, we we think about our bills sometimes, and and our car payment and our house payment and everything. And we know that if we don't pay those, they will repossess our home, and they'll or they'll repossess our car. But even if you don't pay this 10% to the Lord, he's not going to repossess his salvation or he's, he's not going to repossess his love or anything like or his blessings or anything like that. But uh, he will get his 10% one way or the other. So, you know, and we need to give it and we need to give it willingly. We don't need to be begrudging about it. Uh, we don't have to feel like it's, it's something that I just absolutely have to do. I I want to pay my tithes. I feel like I have to pay my tithes because that secures everything else. That secures all the blessings and everything that I need from the Lord to uh, survive from one day to the next. So it, it's not that 
it's not that I actually have to, but it, it, it is a great desire to want to because I know by doing this I am going to get blessings. And I know by doing this by, that God's word is being spread more in, than if I withheld them. Because when you take this money, your your 10% weekly or monthly or however you get paid, and you take that and you give that to the church, then then the church is able to do a lot of things to uh, get the Word of God out and to help people and to minister into people. So it, it is something that uh, that is, uh, I feel like it's a necessity because it, it is needed for the church, it is needed for the pastors, and uh, that's one thing that I wished our church had uh, uh, quite a few more members so that we could uh, really pay our pastors a lot more than what we do because let me tell you something. I've been there. I've been a pastor, and they deserve uh, every penny that they get. Let me tell you, they really do. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 14, uh, verses 22 and 27, through 27 uh this this is talking about tithing now this is a tithe of feast thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed after that the field bringeth forth year by year and thou shalt eat before the lord thy god in the place which he shall choose to place his name there the tithe of thy corn of thy wine of thine oil of thy firstlings of thy herds and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. And if the, if the way be too long for thee, so that thou art not able to carry it, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, then shalt thou turn it into money, and bind up the money in thine hand, and shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul lusteth after, for oxen, or for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drink, or what, for whatsoever thy soul desirest. And thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice, thou and thine household. And the Levite that is within thy gates, thou shalt not forsake him, for he hath no part nor inheritance with thee. Right, now then, after they got into, you remember when they get into the, to the land of Canaan, the land of milk and honey, the Lord is going to set up a, a tabernacle, and it's going to be in a central location of, his, of God's choosing, and when they have the, the big feast, uh, the, uh, there's uh, three of them, I think, uh, a year. It's when all the males are going to have to gather together before the Lord, uh, before God. And th this meal that they're going to have here, this is in this central location too. Now then the Lord is telling his people, said, if it, it be, uh, if it's be quite a, if you be quite a ways off from it, in other words, if you was to start on this journey to this place and you were carrying um, uh, different 
things, vegetables and, and things that could spoil if they would spoil before you get there or it's just going to be a lot of, of uh, hassle to carry it that far or herd your uh, animals that far. You can sell those. God said you can sell those. And you take that money and you bind it up in your hand and you carry it to, the, to that place where God has set aside to worship him and to have this feast. And then when you get there, you buy the food that you and your family need with that money that you have sold for that tenth part of whatever you had. So, you know, God, let me tell you, you know, the Lord is not going to make it to the point to where that it is going to be very strenuous on anybody. We make it very strenuous on ourselves sometimes by by adding to the laws and feeling like that you know the, the uh, God tells us you know all right once uh, all right say once a year you're going to gather at this place uh, where I have chosen and you're going to bring all the food you need and your uh, all your animals your your wine and and your uh, vegetables and all that stuff you're going to bring all that stuff with you when you come it don't matter how far and it's got to be uh, good to eat when you get there no he didn't say that he said if it be too far then you can turn all of that tenth part that you were going to bring in into money and then you bring that money with you and then you buy the food that you and your family needs to sit down with everybody else and eat because i'm sure that uh, time everybody gets there and the Lord is blessing them the way that he's going to be blessing them, there's going to be plenty of food for everybody to eat. Uh, nobody's going to go without. Now then, tithe number three. It was a tithe for the poor. And this starts in the in, uh, same chapter, uh, chapter 14, and it's in 28 and 29. At the end of three years, thou shalt bring forth all the tithe of thine increase the same year, and shalt lay it up within thy gates. And the Levites, because he hath no part nor inheritance with thee, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow which are within thy gates, shall come and shall eat and be satisfied that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hand which, which thou doest. He said, all right, now then, every three years, we're going to make a, uh, a place in each city, and it's going to be a place to where everybody brings a 10% a of their tithe, 10% of uh, all of their whatever God has blessed them with, for that three years, they're going to bring 10% of that, and they're going to put it in this this central location, or this one place that's set aside in each city, and this is going to be for the Levites and, and the fatherless and the widows and the strangers, all those that are poor and, and, and don't have the money to buy and they can't find work to get what they need, then they can go to this storehouse and they can get food. I have never thought about this until I read this this morning, but our our uh, church has a food pantry, and uh, they keep uh, putting up on the bulletin, uh, you know, that we need to bring certain items. Uh, 
Um, you know, it might be canned food or it might be paper goods or it might be dry foods, uh, things like that. And, and when people get in touch with us that they need food, then uh, the pastor or someone in, in the church will go down to the fellowship hall and they will fix them up some really nice boxes of food and take to them. And we usually keep meats in there of some type. The Lord has... The Lord has just been blessing us and opening up doors like you would not believe, and we we keep uh, we keep some meats down there, and we we have quite a bit of food. And when anybody calls, it doesn't matter if it's in Bristol, Tennessee, Bristol, Virginia, Elizabethan, Tennessee, Johnson City, Tennessee, or Kingsport, Tennessee. It does not matter when they call and say, Pastor, I need help. Is there any way that you can help me? And uh, other than money at that point in time, the pastor or whoever's talking to him says, sure, you know, if you need food, we've got it. Uh, you tell me um, where to meet you at or where you live at or whatever, and I will bring it to you. And now then on the, on the financial part of it, we will meet. Uh, this is not, uh, pastor says, well, you know, the pastor has so much money a month that he can do with whatever he wants to. That comes directly out of the church fund. This is, and this, that's strictly up to him what he does with it. But most of the time, if it's not one of those I need it right now deals and the Lord lays it on to him to give it to him, then he will give it to him. But other, most of the time, he comes before the board. He brings it before the board. But we understand, the board members understand, that he's not just going to hand money out right and left. He's going, he's going, he's one of those that's going to be led by the Lord. And we trust him. And, you know, that's the thing about it is whenever, when things like this happen, you've got to follow the Lord. These tithes for the poor. You know, you 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 got to give this out. This this is stuff that needs to be given out to each and every individual that is poor. It would see this this right here is setting up for the 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 tabernacle or the church or the cities, the uh, central uh, tabernacle or whatever to set up to take care of those that are less fortunate. That's what we want to do, and, and we are trying to get things set up to, to be able to do this on a grander scale, and, and things are working. COVID-19 is hindering, but things are working. But the first time tithe uh, can trace back to Abraham in Genesis chapter 14, 18 through 20, and it's the sacred tithe given to the Levites and the priests for their service to the temple and the congregation in the Old Testament. And this is a tithe we continue to give under the priesthood of Melchizedek. In the New Testament, it is the tithe consecrated to God and the furtherance of the gospel and has therefore validity for all believers in Christ. This is something that we need to do. This tithe needs to be given into the church for the church to function. I know a lot of the churches uh, were to a point to where that uh, they were getting financially in dire straits and then COVID hit and 
people quit going to church and they started watching it online and we all got uh, quite slack on paying our tithes and giving into the church and then the church started suffering. So we need to get back to that point to where that we give our tithes back into the church. And I, I know this is, as our pastor says, this is a pastor message, but this is a message that right now really and truly that we, we all need to hear this because our churches are in, in need of our tithes being paid into the church. And if you have forgotten to pay some of your tithes, uh, you, you might want to try to catch those up also. It's not something that you have to do. Like I said, I I don't think that we all ought to think that this I have to do this or otherwise. No, that's not it. Uh, what I'm saying is, is this something that we need to do so that the word can go out, so the church can stay open, the lights can stay on, the heat and the air can stay on, and we can also uh, help people buy these ties. So, you know... Give into the church. Give into the church. All right, now then. And when when you gave in your tithe, the first tithe, when you took that into the to the tabernacle, uh, there was a, a little, I guess you'd call it a ceremony uh, that you had to go through, uh, something that, you know, that the Lord wanted you to do to, not so much as to telling God everything about your forefathers and what they went through and everything, but reminding the person that's doing it, reminding them of exactly where that they came from and how they got to the place where they are. And there again, this is one thing that we always need to remember. We need to remember where we came from. We, re we need to remember about how we were out in sin and, and the things that we'd done when we were out in sin and how that the Lord got a hold of us and, and people were praying for us and, and we gave our heart and life to God and, and we repented of our sins and we turned from our sins and we started following the Lord and where the Lord has brought us to today. You know, that's, that's the one thing that we, we really need to do uh, quite often. Uh, not looking back to uh, desire those things that we had when we were back out there in sin and everything, but to just look back and see what kind of shape we were in and then look for God and remember how that the Lord dealt with us and how that he, he forgave us of our sins when we asked him to and look at where we are right now in our Christian life. And, you know, my, my since the first time that I originally gave my heart and life to God, my Christian life has, has been a lot of ups and a lot of downs, a lot of ins and a lot of outs. But the last time that I gave my heart and life to God, I said, you know, this is it. I'm getting too old and, and, uh, you know, and getting a lot wiser too. And I, I look around and I see what's going on in the world, and and I know for a fact that it it's not going to be long before God comes and gets His people. And and uh, 
we need to be ready. We need to be have our sins under the blood. We need to have our sins forgiven, and we need to be turned away from the sins and following the Lord. For when he does come back, we will be ready and have our garments pressed and spotless. And, you know, any time that we create a sin, that's a spot on our garment. And there's, there's not going to be none of those sins go into heaven. You know, all those things that the Bible says that are sins, they're not going to enter into heaven. I don't care how much people praise for you or whatever. And, you know, I can't. I can't ask for forgiveness for your sins, and you can't ask for forgiveness for my sins. We have to ask for forgiveness for our own sins. And we need to give these over to the Lord and to remember where we come from and remember where we are right now. And, you know, I, I, the old saying is hindsight's twenty twenty. but as I, as I sit and think uh, today about the life that I lived when I was out in sin and, and where I am at right now. And I just wonder how much farther along in God and how much closer to the Lord I would be if I, if I when I originally gave my heart and life to God, if I had a grown stronger with him every day after that in, instead of so many ups and downs and ins and outs. It, it's, it's, it's probably untelling where I would be at today. But, you know, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty, And we do some things that uh, the Lord had some plans for each and every one of our lives. I know this for a fact, but every once in a while, we as mankind and Christians, we do things in this life that uh, we throw ourselves a curve. And the Lord uh, is no longer able to take us the way that he originally wanted us to go so now then we have to go a different way but he's still with us and he's still blessing us and he's still using us it's just not the blessing uh and the use that he originally had planned for us you know the blessing that uh god had for moses you know, he Moses pretty much talked himself out of that blessing when he was at the burning bush, and uh, the Lord had to send somebody to help him. And then when he sent somebody to help him, his his blessing then was split up into two parts, and uh, Aaron got half. Well, got part of Moses's blessing, and and Moses and Aaron got his own blessing. So. Be careful, because sometimes we can cheat ourselves out of a blessing and somebody else will end up with it. <coughs> now then, he said, let's see, verse 3, I think, And thou shalt go, in, go unto the priest that shall be in those days, and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God, that I am come unto the country which the Lord swear unto our fathers for to give us. This is when you, you've got your tithe in your basket and you go into the, into the tabernacle and you tell the priest uh, these words. And, uh, and then the priest shall take the basket out of thine hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God. A Syrian ready to perish was my father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few and became there a nation great 
mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. And when we cried unto the Lord God our fathers, the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. And he hath brought us an, into this place and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. Now this is what you had to say when you went in to take your, your first tithe, that one tithe every year. You took that in and you gave that to the, church, to the, to the, to the, the priest and then you had to say this before the Lord. But now then, I want you to remember when um, Isaac, or Israel, Jacob, when he moved to Canaan, he moved to the land of Canaan, and this is where his family started. And this is where Joseph got in trouble with his brothers and got sold into slavery into Egypt and ended up being... Uh, number two over the land of Egypt. Uh, that is that is one trip that was uh, uh, God was in in charge of, and He took Joseph to Egypt and put him in in the position that He put him in, just so that the children of Israel could survive. Because in the end. Uh, Israel and his whole family, all except for Joseph, Joseph was already in Egypt, they all moved to the land of Goshen from Canaan. Now remember, they were in Canaan, they moved from Canaan to the land of Goshen, and they lived there, there was uh, 70, 70 some people I believe it was, I'm not real sure of the number, but they, they weren't, there wasn't a whole lot in the family of Israel at that time, and they all moved to the land of Goshen, and they lived there, uh, lived there, and worked in Egypt uh, for some 400 years, and they they uh, they heard it, they they looked after the flocks and uh, the uh, the cattle, and they made brick, and they done different things for uh, the Egyptians, and the Egyptians. Uh, you know their their kings kept turning over and everything, and in, and finally it got down to one king. He didn't know who Joseph was, and he did not know who God was, the God. He had many gods that he worshipped, but he did not know who the God was. And the people of Israel worried him. The Israelites they worried him very much because they were so great in number. And he was afraid that uh, if somebody was to come against Egypt, that they would join forces with them and go out and fight with them against Egypt. And like I said way back yonder when we were talking about this, I have never understood the, the point of view of, of people in power but they, when they feel like that you are being a threat to them, they will... Uh, go against you they will try to cause you hardships they will try to make you work harder they will try to do everything they can against you 
and their thinking is that if something happens that you will be on their side and not uh, go against them. Well, I don't know about you all, but if I want somebody to be on my side and to if something if somebody comes against me and wants to fight and I need some help from somebody I'm going to I'm going to stay on somebody's good side and be my the best friend that they ever had and when it comes down to that point they're going to be on my side. And I mean that's just common sense. But you know when I reckon when you get a little bit of power in everything your 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 thinking gets messed up. Uh I still haven't figured it out, but anyway. But this is what he thought. If he could uh, make their labor hard and and uh, really come down on them, that when somebody came against them, that they wouldn't they wouldn't go out and fight with them. But anyway, and so he put task taskmasters over the children of Israel and. He continued to make their labors hard. And when Moses and Aaron came and told him to let their people go, they go uh, do sacrifice in the wilderness, uh, he, he continued to make their, their lives uh, very rough and very hard because he said if they have time to go out into the wilderness for three days and sacrifice to their God, They've got time to go get together their own straw, you know. But And anyway, Moses let them out eventually. It took, it took a lot of convincing on Pharaoh's part. And even after the Lord took all the firstborn males in the land and Pharaoh let the people go, they hadn't been gone very long. Pharaoh was sitting there like, what in the world have I done? These people were... They were taking care of our, our cattle. They were making our bricks and everything. What have I done? So he goes after them, which was a mistake because God takes care of him and kills him and uh, his whole army. But see, the Lord is wanting them to remember all this, exactly where they came from and exactly what was going on. And now then, as I was talking about Canaan, uh, where originally uh, this promise actually started and God changed Jacob's name to Israel and it started in the land of Canaan. So, all right, now they have went through the land of Goshen. They have went through Egypt. They have went through all these different places and they are standing at the bank of the River Jordan getting ready to go back into the land of Canaan where it all started. It, made, it just has made one great, big, complete circle. But at the time that they were there and they left there, there was a famine in the land, and, and there, was, there was nothing for nobody to eat nowhere except in the land of Egypt because God had showed Pharaoh a, um, a, dream, a dream, and he got Joseph to interpret the dream, and uh, Joseph told him that there was going to be seven years of uh, very good crops and everything, and then there was going to be seven years of famine. And this is when Pharaoh put Joseph over all the grain and and everything that pertained to food. Uh, Joseph was over it, 
And then when the famine set in, if you needed food, you had you didn't go see Pharaoh. You had to go see Joseph. And he he told him he said only only in the throne uh, would uh, Pharaoh be number one, but <clears throat> he would be number two. And then when they went into the uh, when they went anywhere, Joseph rode in the second carriage. Pharaoh was in the first. Joseph was in the first one. God brought him from nothing. Had to take him through a lot of time of teaching and and learning him things. Learning, learning him most of all how to be humble. You know that's that's the one lesson I guess that all mankind. It's the hardest for us to learn. That and patience is the hardest thing for us to learn is to be humble and to have patience. And to, when we get to the point to where we realize exactly who we are and realize all the different things that the Lord can have happened to us and has that those things has not happened to us, and when you, I mean, really, really realize these things, it will humble you really quick. And this was where Joseph was at. He got he got real. It took him a while. He uh, he got sold in sold into slavery, and then he got so uh, he had to go to prison. And he he went through a lot. He went through a lot of different things. Uh, God gave him a little bit of power and a little bit of prestige, and then he took it away from him and put him in prison. And he gave him a little bit of, of leniency while he was in prison, and but still yet he he was he was in prison. Uh, he wasn't allowed to go out for anything. He was allowed to help the the inmates and things like that, but he wasn't allowed to go outside of the prison. And then uh, he interpreted a dream for the breaker, the baker, and the butler. And I believe the butler was restored. And uh, he eventually, after two or three years, he told Pharaoh, because Pharaoh had the dream, and he told Pharaoh that he knew a boy that could, uh, that knew the Lord and could interpret his dreams, and he sent for him. And this is when he, this is when Joseph rose to power, but he rose to power. He was humble. And he was patient, and he, he realized the lessons that he had learned, and he treated people differently. If we remember uh, the when his brothers tried to get rid of him, the, the biggest reason his brothers was aggravated with him is because he was his dad's choice, his dad's pick, uh, and he Joseph knew it, and Joseph flaunted it, and it made his brother zeal. And he had to be brought down from that to humbleness, and the Lord brought him down. And this is what that God is wanting all the children of Israel to realize by taking these these first fruits, taking them into the tabernacle, setting them before the before God and reciting all these things of how and where they came from and how they got to the place where they are are going to be. They aren't there yet, but they're almost there. So please, 
sit down just every once in a while. Think about the things. Think about where you were when you were out in sin. Think about all the things that you were doing and all the things that uh, was going on in your life at that point in time and how that the Lord uh, got a hold of you and uh, through people's prayers and through the word and everything and you gave your heart and life to God and you turned your life around and you asked forgiveness for your sins and and you you got away from sin and you started following God and, and where you are at this point in time. And just just take the time to to study all that and thank God for what he has done for you and where he has brought you from and and where you are right now. And, you know, there, there should be, there should be a, a great difference in the life that you lived when you were out in sin than what you are living right now. There should be a huge difference. If there's not, uh, maybe we ought to take inventory on our life and find out why there is not a huge inventory, a huge difference. I know in my life there is. There is a huge difference. I, I look at people different. I look at life different. I look at everything completely different because the Lord has give, taught me many things and give me a, a very special insight to look at things so much differently. And when we take time to study God's Word and to, and to pray and to, to meditate upon the Lord, and, and He opens His Word up to us, and we can, we can take nuggets of it. You know, there's, we're not going to be able to understand it all. Uh, I, there's still a whole lot of things in the Bible that I still don't understand. But there's, there's little nuggets every now and then that, that the Lord will show you. And we need to, to grasp those little nuggets of truth and hang on to those because sooner or later we're going to need them. But he brought us to this pl unto this place and has given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. You know, God, God has brought me to a land that is flowing with many blessings and uh, a lot of lessons and a lot of uh, insight and a lot of different things that God has given me. He's, he's brought me to a place that uh, uh, is flowing with, with milk and honey. It is flowing with those things that I have hungered and, and thirsted after for so many years, all those uh getting closer to the Lord and learning more about him and and to really to show me how to seek out and to find those little nuggets in in God's word and to to cherish those little nuggets and and uh, to place my life in the life of these people that we are we are uh, teaching about uh, how would my life line up to these people that that God is talking to Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb and Adam and and Jacob and and Joseph and you know Joseph Joseph is another one of my heroes. Uh, let me tell you something. This bless his heart. Go back, go back and 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 find 
where Joseph, his brothers, comes out against him and throws him in the pit. And pick up there and start reading and studying about Joseph and everything that he had to go through. Bless his heart, he had to go through a lot to get to where God could use him in the way that he wanted to use him. I've had to go through a lot to get to this point right here where God wants me. I've had to go through a lot. Uh, a lot of tears and a lot of, of ag um, frustration and a lot of uh, feeling uh, worthless and uh, so many different emotions that I went through getting to this point that I that I am right now. And But I look back on it, and I look back on it, and I thank God for every lesson that he taught me during this time. Yeah, they, they, they were some hard lessons. They really were. They were some lessons that uh, um, I would rather not had to have learned at the time. But now then I look back and I thank God for them because he was getting me ready to do a job that needed to be done. And, jo and God was getting Joseph ready to do a job that was, that was very, very vital to the very people that God was going to call his own and lead into a land that flowed with milk and honey and into a land where they were, were blessed tremendously. And it all led, to, it all started with Joseph, little, little uh, arrogant Joseph being thrown in a pit and being sold into slavery, and his father told that uh, the, some animal had killed him and, and his father thinking him dead, to get the Israelites to the point that they are right now on this side of Jordan getting ready to go in. So look back over your life, and just since you became a Christian, and study your life, and and see how God has used you and how and what all he has brought you through and what all he has taught you to get you to the place that you are right now. I've heard so many ministers, uh, especially pastors, that have said that, you know, number one, they didn't want to be a minister. And they told God and and. A lot of them told God, there is no way, no way that I ever want to be a pastor. But see, God changes your mind. God changes your outlook on everything, and God changes your mind. God will change your want-tos. He will change your want-tos, let me tell you. I came from a person that did not want to stand up in, in class, much less anywhere else and speak forget it leave me sitting in a corner and just leave me alone to a place now to where i stand in front of people and i and i teach god's word and i sit in front of this mic three days a week and i and i teach god's word to the best of my ability with god's help and you know 40, 50 years ago, if somebody would told me that I would be doing this, I'd told them it was flat crazy because there is no way that I would ever stand up in front of anybody and speak, especially, especially about God's Word. But here I am. And not only am I doing it, 
I look forward to doing it. I'm not good at it. I'm not great at it. But it's what God has called me to do, and I do it, and I enjoy it, and I look forward to it. You know, I'm not the best. I am, I am, I am very far away from the best. But God said, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. And I ran. I ran for a, for a long time. I ran. But then finally one day I, I just give up and say, Lord, here I am. I am miserable. I, I have wasted a lot of my life running when I could be getting blessings. So, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Use me. I am definitely going to need a whole lot of help, Lord. I cannot do this on my own. And he was always right there with me. And he will be right there with you too. He is no respecter of persons. What he will do for, what he did for Abraham and Isaac and Abraham and uh, Moses and Aaron and and all those people, what he done for them, he will do for you. He is not a respecter of persons. He loves each and every one of us just the same. He got he got uh, ang he got angry with uh, Moses. He got angry with a lot of the other uh, disciples and, and uh, prophets and things like that. He got angry with them. He chastised them. He punished them. But he still loved them, and he still used them. No matter, no matter, they, it doesn't, did not matter if they did fail him. He still used them, and he will for you if we just obey. Obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So obey. Take a look at your life. See where you're at and see where God has brought you from and, and see what all you have went through since you give your heart and life to God to get to the place where you are right now. It may, it may astonish you at the things that you went through that you, you really didn't realize. Listen, I thank you all for listening. And I hope you got something out of this. And until we meet again, God bless each and every one of you.